morning, church. How's everybody doing today? How's everybody doing? Come on, let's stand to your feet. Before we start our service today, let's, uh, let's read a little of those scriptures from the Psalms. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who do not worship idols and never tell lies. And they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the glory and the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Let's pray, church. God, make me a gate. Make me a door today vessel of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we welcome you into this place, our King of glory, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the creator, the maker of the universe and all things, God. We give this service to you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, today we pray that you move in this place. We love you, Lord. All God's people said, amen.
in just a few moments, we're going to partake of communion, the Lord's Supper. So as we worship this morning, let's just be preparing our hearts for that. Faith, believing in what he's done. I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing that again. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Today, we are reminded of the sacrifice of our Savior. His body broken, his blood spilled, the weight of our sin crushing his shoulders. Today, we confess our unrighteousness we lay down our arrogance. We surrender in obedience at the foot of the cross. Today, we remember. What we do today is we're joining with believers around the world. We're joining with believers throughout the centuries. But the one thing that we have in common, that we're all sinners and the only way we're getting to heaven is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's why we're going to heaven. And Jesus, Jesus wanted us to know and remember 
that amazing act, the, the most amazing act in all of the time, in all of the universe, when every, he didn't just die a physical death, he took on the weight of every single sin of every single person throughout all time. I can't even imagine that. And you know what? He took that on so you don't have to have the guilt. I don't have to have the guilt. Another thing that we have in common is every person in this room has the opportunity to be forgiven of their sins if you just trust in Jesus Christ. Everybody. Everybody. Because Jesus gave his body and his blood for you and me. We're going to remember like believers remember throughout the world and throughout the centuries. And it doesn't matter if you're a member of this church. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know what he did, that he died on the cross to take your sins. You know that his blood paid that sacrifice. You're invited to participate with us. Um, you were received these prepackaged elements there. There's a, a piece of bread and a cup. If you go ahead and just open that up, that cellophane. And we'll take the bread first. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you took on humanity, Lord. You took on body, Lord. You took on all the stuff that that tempts us, Lord, that you lived this for 33 years on this earth. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for identifying with us and and thinking us worth and worthy of salvation. And Lord, I pray that as we take this and remember your sacrifice, that we would dedicate our bodies to you, living sacrifices to your glory out of gratitude. In your precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let's partake together. And the Bible says in the same manner after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. In the old covenant, the children of Israel, they relied on the forgiveness of sins. There was a temporary forgiveness of sins that had to happen over and over and over and over again using animal sacrifices. But God the Son, God the one only died on the cross And that sacrifice didn't have to happen over and over and over again. For Christ hath suffered once for all, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And that one sacrifice was enough. His blood on the cross. As we partake this, we're not partaking of actual blood. Because he already did that. We are remembering what he did for us. And as you take this, remember that this is the payment, his life, his blood for your sins. This is the payment that made restitution so nothing can keep you out of heaven if you trust and follow him. And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your sacrifice. Lord, that amazing sacrifice, that one and only sacrifice on the cross. And Lord Jesus, I pray now that as we take this cup, that we remember the power of that sacrifice. Lord, I pray that we would submit to your love. Lord, I pray that we would stand in the firmness and assurance of salvation, knowing that what you did was enough 
And Lord, that we would take that amazing act of love and share it with everyone we know, knowing that your love leads us to eternity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let's partake. And Jesus shared with his disciples the same night that he shared this, he shared another truth. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. God bless you. Church, let's stand as we continue to worship. What he's done.
for leading us in such a meaningful worship this morning. Thank you. I'm Leslie Hunt, the Connection Minister here at Anastasia. Thank you so much for choosing to be here with us this morning to worship with us. If you're here for the first time, thank you for coming for the first time. We have a gift for you. And so after the service, if you'll go out to, into the atrium to the welcome desk, someone is there who will greet you and give you uh, your gift. We would love to connect with all of y'all. And there's a, a one really easy way to do that. And that's by texting the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. And you can open the link and it'll take you to a page where there is a digital connect card. You can fill that out with prayer requests or any questions you may have. And one of us on staff will, um, will respond to you this week. You'll also see on that page, there are other options for you, um, like accessing our digital bulletin, um, or if you are feeling led to partner with us financially, there's a give uh, link there as well. One other way that you can connect with us right now is by taking out your smartphone, open the camera, point it at the QR code on the screen, and it will take you to that very same page for all those options. So again, thank you for choosing to be here this morning with us to worship. Good morning. I'm uh, Bill Blaylock. I'm the church administrator. We're so glad that you're here. We have a few announcements. Um, today is pop-up Sunday, so you may know that your children have moved up from the class that they were in, all the way from the babies, all the way to the uh, high school are all moving up today. We have a beach baptism today. Um, there's lots of information about that in your bulletin, how to, how to go. Also, if you would like to join the beach baptism, um, you can see a counselor after the service and somebody will get you ready to, to be baptized today in the ocean. And then the third thing is, the most exciting thing is um, on the 23rd of this month, we're gonna have our Wednesday night kickoff Everything's kicking off on Wednesday nights. We have uh, the Anastasia Kids are kicking off. And if you go to AnastasiaKids.com, you can sign up for Kids Praise. And then we have um, men's and women's life groups kicking off on Wednesday nights. And lots of other things. And, of course, we have Wednesday night dinners. We'll be starting up all on the 23rd. So mark your calendar for that. It's going to be a big day. Uh, speaking of big days, last Sunday we did tours through the building and people got to write verses on the floor and pray over the new buildings and it was just a wonderful time and and we're just so thankful for the the generosity of this congregation that that they've allowed us to move forward with these buildings and so if you missed your opportunity to go through the buildings with everyone lewis fisher is still doing tours so after this service and after the 10:30 service if you'll go to the welcome desk someone will be able to give you a tour through the building and you can um, you can get a pen and you can write a verse on the floor and you can pray over the buildings just as everyone else did last week. And uh, one other thing, there's, if you'll notice out on the tables in the atrium, there is some uh, Anastasia, uh, what we would call swag. 
There's some hats, there's some pens from last week, there's some license tags, there's some uh, 4G booklets. So if you would just, uh, it's first come, first serve. So if you didn't have an opportunity for someone in your family to get a hat last week, we would like to, um, to have one hat per family at least out in the world so that people in the, in the community know about our 4G campaign and what it's going to mean for the life of our church. So we're just so thankful for your generosity. Um, and we would just like to pray for the offering at this time. Father God, we just we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and serve. Father, we thank you for the, the staff and the volunteers who work so hard to, to make these Sundays come off. Father, we thank you for the generosity of this congregation. Father, we thank you for the, the opportunity to build these buildings. Father, the opportunity to impact our community for Christ. Father, we just ask that as we take these offerings, that you would take them and use them fully for your kingdom, Father. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Wasn't last week amazing? We walked through the new buildings. Wasn't that, wasn't that fantastic? And, and, and writing prayer requests and scriptures. I got to witness all kinds of things as families were, were sharing their heart's desire on the floor of the rec center and the next gen center. I got to witness the very first game of tic-tac-toe. Two kids, okay, in the, on the floor there, okay, and that was exciting. And you know who won? God won. <laughs> Jesus won. No one won on the square there. It was a draw, but Jesus won. I, I saw another one in there. I, I saw a game of hangman. But before the person was fully hanged, they, they, uh, they wrote out the word, God is love. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So it was a great, great day. So uh, it, it was fantastic. We have had a fresh breath of the Lord this summer at Anastasia. God has been working in powerful, powerful ways. And I'm just so grateful to be at a church that's not just a placeholder in this community, that we're a stakeholder in reaching out and reaching out to new generations. And you guys are part of that. So I just want to say how grateful I am to be your pastor. Um, we're going to be moving into a new sermon series as we close out the summer. We're going to be looking at the book of Ruth. So I, t I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is in the Old Testament. And it's in the Old Testament right after the book of Judges. And uh, we're going to be spending the next four weeks in the book of Ruth. It's an amazing, amazing uh, story. It's not that long. It's one of the shorter books in the Bible. But there's so much power and, and truth packed into this. And I think you're going to be blessed. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? I'd just like to just open up. I'm going to read chapter one and get us started in this, in this message series. And this is what it says. It says, in the days when the judges ruled, so book of Judges time, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah, and they went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. They took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. 
And both Malon and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she'd heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them. And they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and, bear, and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. Orpah went back. And she said, this is Naomi, she said, see your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Mara means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? And so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Lord Jesus, my heart goes out to people that feel like you hate them, Lord. My, My heart goes out to people that aren't living in good times right now. But Lord, I pray that you show your lifting up hand. Lord, I, I pray you show your providence and your love, Lord, and let us see how great and kind and merciful you are. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sure there are a lot of people in Maui, in Hawaii, that are feeling like Naomi feeling feeling hurt and, and, and hard times and, and I've heard from someone on our praise team they have a lot of friends back there and and there are there are people whose lives homes have been lost uh, people missing and, and businesses burned and having to start all over and, and help being hard to come by. And you know we want to lift up people like that. And I want you to know in the midst of that 
We have a God that loves us. He loves us. It may not look like that if you're judging his love by circumstances, but we have a God who loves us. We have a God who loves us. Uh, the action that took place here was in Judah and Moab in the Bible. Uh, I was actually in Moab uh, in the last year. Last December, I went to Moab. Um, I took a group to the Holy Land, and we went into Jordan. We, we went into Jordan, then went into Israel, and then came back out. Well, well, Moab is part of Jordan. If you look at the country of Jordan, you've got Israel on one side, then you've got Jordan. And Jordan are the three ancient kingdoms. There's Ammon, Moab, and Edom. Amon is that area across, uh, across from the, uh, the Jordan River, the Sea of Galilee. Um, Moab is that area across from Israel from the Dead Sea. And then down below that is Edom. And so those are the areas. And so we were actually staying, those of you that went with us on our trip to the Holy Land, uh, when we were staying at the Dead Sea, on, on the shore of the Dead Sea, we were staying in Moab. This was the place where this happened, Okay. And this is where we're introduced to this amazing person called Ruth. In verse 4, it says this, uh, that these, these men, they took Moabite wives, and the name of one was Orpah, and the other one was Ruth. And uh, they lived there about 10 years as husband and wife. Ruth was such an unlikely heroine. She was such an unlikely heroine. She was, she was an unlikely person for God to use. And this is the first truth I want to share with all of us here. And this is very important. And you might want to write it down in your bulletin if you're using that. But, but write this down. The Lord uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. The Lord uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. Because God, God uses people in his power, not in our own. You know, have you ever thought about why is this called the book of Ruth? Because if you're following the plot line... It's really not the story of Ruth, it's the story of Naomi. Why isn't this called the book of Naomi? Another thing about this book is that there's a lot of dialogue. About one-third of this book are, are conversations and dialogue. Uh, but Ruth has the least dialogue of any of the main characters. You know who has the most dialogue? You know who talks the most? The man, Boaz, okay? And if we're doing by, by who's speaking the most, this should be called the book of Boaz, you know, of the main characters, there's only one here that's not even of Hebrew descent. That's Ruth. The only book in the Old Testament named after someone who is not of Hebrew descent. Isn't that, you know, God uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. And you know, she spoke the very least amount in the book of Ruth, but what she said are some of the words that we remember over and over and over again. Ruth, starting at chapter one, verse 16, where she said, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. What faithfulness, what faithfulness recorded in the Hebrew scripture by a non-Hebrew this non-Hebrew woman who comes in from a foreign country who becomes the great-grandmother of King David. Now, that's a whole other sermon. You're going to have to wait and come back and hear that, okay? You're going to hear more about that later. But today, I want to focus on another truth. I want to focus on, on something that Naomi acknowledged, but she did not understand. It's a concept that I believe uh, that billions of people in this world, they acknowledge but they do not understand. 
And that's the hand of the Lord. It's something that, that many of you may not understand how the hand of the Lord works, but it's something that you can understand if you just open your heart up to God. But God, God is working. And so I want to talk about that hand of God because a lot of people acknowledge that God is working, but they think that God is working against them. You know, um, verse 13 of, Roman, of Ruth chapter one. I don't know why I keep calling this Romans. Ruth chapter one. I'm a product of the New Testament, I guess, you know. Ruth chapter one, she says, it's exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Ruth was convinced that God had it in for Naomi. Excuse me, Naomi was convinced that, that God had it in for Naomi. Well, let me tell you, she got something right. God has hands. God has hands. And when I'm talking about hands, God is still working. Okay, he works. When we're talking about hands, we're talking about the activity of the Lord, okay? God has hands. God had hands back then. God was active back then. And God is active today. God still has hands. God is still working. What do we do with our hands? We work, we make activity. And the Lord works. And know that, that the hand of, the, of God is living. It's active. It's powerful. She just didn't understand how God used his hands. See, God's hand wasn't against her. See, this is the Naomi of chapter one. She didn't understand what was going to happen in chapter, in chapter four. She didn't understand what was going to happen in, in the gospel of Matthew chapter one. But you know, I want to talk about the hand of the Lord here. And there's some truths here that can be helpful for us. Uh, look at verse six of this passage. It says that when they went back, uh, they were deciding to come back to, to Judah from Moab. It says that Naomi arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. God was active. He visited his people and he gave them food. Now, now how did that happen? I mean, did God just appear, boom, blazing light, coming down on a chariot, and there are pallets of food or, or piles of barley and, and wheat all around? Is that how that happened? I don't think so. The Bible doesn't say, but I'm sure if something like that happened, it would have been recorded in the book of Judges. Okay, but I don't see anything like that. So when God visited his people, what does that mean? And in my, in my mind, I believe that that means that God visited his people and he brought the rain. And it made the crops to grow again. And just as God brought the famine, God brought the rain and God was working and active in the weather. God is working and active in the everyday stuff. Do you see the active hand of God in the everyday stuff? This is, this is the first thing I want you to write down. We need to praise the active hand of the Lord in the ordinary. We need to praise the active hand of the Lord in the ordinary. God is working all around us. Sometimes we don't praise his name for it because we don't even notice, you know, just like God brings the rain and he brings the famine, he does that today. God is active in the weather. How many of you praise the weather and how many of you complain about the weather? I mean, think about that. Think about how many of you got it this morning and say, man, it's going to be so hot today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, when you complain about the weather, do you realize you're complaining about the active hand of God and what he's doing? And I get that. I mean, because we're in that season where we're thinking about tropical disturbances. And you know what tropical disturbances turn into? Tropical storms. 
and, and, and then they turn into hurricanes, the H word. And you say, why does God bring hurricanes? Says the man whose workplace and his church and his house are on the same sandbar in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Is the problem really that God brings hurricanes as part of the weather? Or is the problem how we relate to the hurricanes? But I want to praise the active hand of God. God is working around us, and I want to be aware of him working, and I want to praise his activity. So when you see God working in the ordinary, just praise him, because that just means he is active. He's powerful. There's something else I see. In verse 8, Naomi is talking to her daughters-in-law. She's, she's telling them to go away. She said, you're going to have a better life if you don't stay with me. I can't give you a good life. You need to go and find new husbands and have a better life than the one that I can give to you. And then she says this, go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you. And she's praying for the active hand of God to work in their lives, okay? She, they were praying for each other that they would have rest and they would have hope, they were, they were in relationship with each other. They were broken people trying to help other broken people, uh, you know, in coping with very desperate situations. And so the point I want to make is this. As I hold hands with people, don't forget to keep holding hands with God. If God's hand is active, hold his hand. Hold his hand. Hold hands with God as I hold hands with people. God works with us and works in us in the context of relationships. And you can be an amazing connection of God's power and God's work. But hold hands with other people. But as you're holding hands with other people, helping them, encouraging them, bringing hope, hold hands with God because his hand is active and God can use you in an amazing way. I want to share with you a video. It's just a short video, and I'll talk to you on the other side. These are members of our church, James and Corinna Beach, and they have a ministry in Costa Rica called The Nest, and they're examples of people that are holding hands with God as they hold hands with other people. Watch this video. Our vision is to provide a safe, loving, and Christ-centered place where children are nurtured, taught about Jesus, and protected from sexual abuse. Since 2017, we have been traveling to the indigenous Bribri Reservation to work with the women and children there. Eight out of 10 women we talked to in the Breeby community have experienced sexual abuse from an early age. The real number may be higher as not all the women felt comfortable sharing. Here are a few of their stories. She remembers being three years old. The sexual abuse happened frequently on the weekends when the family had celebrations and the adults were intoxicated with alcohol. There were no adults to protect me, she said. She remembers being five years old. She shared with me that she has been raped all her life by male family members. 
She used to run away from house to house, only to go through the same trauma all over again. When she got pregnant, she did not want to bring her baby to this world. She knew that if the baby was a girl, she was going to be raped. And if the baby was a boy, he was going to be a rapist. She is a brave 14 year old girl. She told me that since she was eight years old, she has been trying to use a knife to fight off her male relatives who want to abuse her. Her uncle is the worst abuser to whom more often than not, she has lost her battle. These stories and many more demand a response. Our vision is to build shelter where at-risk women and children can share in a sustainable community, be educated, protected, and nurtured for their right to experience peace. We are developing a space where children can learn life skills in a vibrant Christ-centered community, a safe haven where they can find peace and purpose and healing from past trauma. are people in our congregation they see people that are hurting and they're going to reach out to people that are hurting but they're not just going alone they're going in the power of our Lord see our, our the hand of God is so powerful and what people need more than anything else and they may need our help they may need our support they may need uh, counseling they may need all kinds of things but most importantly they need the Lord and they need to understand that the hand of the Lord is there and God can use you as when you're holding hands with people, bring the Lord into that context. Hold hands with God, embrace him when you're holding hands with other people. There's something else I wanna share with you about the hand of the Lord. And this is verse 13, where, where Naomi said, it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Naomi felt that God hated her. Naomi felt that God, for, for no reason, was punishing her. And she felt that the God of hand was against her. But you know what? She never turned away from God. Isn't that amazing? She, she kept acknowledging God. And this is the truth. I think it's an important truth. We need to embrace his hand when bad times come. When bad times come, we need to embrace the hand of God. When bad times come, when tragedy strikes, when catastrophe hits my life, that's the time I need the hand of the Lord. That's not the time for me to slap it away. You know, God loves me. God loves you. And you know, circumstances are going to come and circumstances are going to go, but I'm not measuring God's love by how things are here on earth. I'm measuring God's love by what he did for me on the cross and how good things are going to be in heaven. I'm living for eternity, okay? I am living for eternity. So embrace his hand. You know, when bad times come, that's when you need him. Don't turn away from God when, when things are bad. Embrace his hand. Embrace his hand. Next thing I want to share with you. It comes in verse 20 and 21, where she said, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. She said, I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Now, I hope none of you are building theological truth on that verse, because Naomi is not sharing theological truth as a teacher. In this passage, she is sharing her heart. 
Just as when King David would say, I want you to smite all my enemies, that's not a call for us to kill everybody, right? And, and this is not theological truth. I went away full, the Lord's brought me back empty. You know, a lot of people feel that way, that the hand of the Lord's against me, and they feel that, they, that God is someone that is draining us, and that's not true. You know, those are her feelings. Our feelings are real. We have to deal with our feelings. But understand, your feelings and my feelings are not the best conductors of truth. You want to know where you find truth? In the Word of God. That's where you find truth, okay? Not in my feelings, but in my truth. And so, and in the truth, this is what the Bible tells me, that the Lord's hand carries me from emptiness to fullness, not the other way around. And, and trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord, that's going to make me full. You may think that God is punishing you. He doesn't. God loves you. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said this. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What is the life that Christ wants you to have? He wants you to have an abundant life. Not an empty life. A full life. Not a meaningless life. That's the life he has for you. See, life in Jesus takes us from, not from full to empty, but empty to full. And when I think that God is not for me, I think it's because I don't know the whole story. I'm only seeing part of the story. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Naomi and Ruth chapter 1 she didn't understand how things were going to work out by Ruth chapter 4 when all her needs were being taken care of. She's not going to understand in, in the gospel of Matthew chapter 1 when we're talking about the genealogy of the birth of Jesus that, that God was going to use her in an amazing portion, amazing uh, act that would transform all of creation. She didn't understand that, you know. But God's hand is for us and God's going to bring us to fullness. And so let me just say, uh, the hand of God is active. He's always working. And, and I want to hold on to that because he's not bringing me down. He's lifting me up. He's bringing what's empty in my life and he's filling it up. And that's what's so important. And then the most important thing I want to share with you is this. And this is the truth that's coming from the New Testament. This is the truth that's coming from John chapter 10. These are the words of Jesus where Jesus said, My Father who has given them to me, all the people that God has given to the Lord Jesus Christ, is greater than all. My Father's greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of what? The Father's hand. See, God has hands, and they're powerful hands, and they're loving hands, and he's reaching them out to you. And so if you know that God has powerful hands and loving hands and reaching them out to you, what should you do? Take the hand of the Lord. Can I just say, take the hand of the Lord? I don't know what you're dealing with today, but take the hand of the Lord. We all have our hurts. And in the midst of the hurts, if you want to put your trust in anything, put your trust in him and take the hand of the Lord. Some of you may feel like you're not worthy and that God doesn't have anything for you. I just want to say, take the hand of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will hold you up. He'll take care of you and he will never let you go. Would you pray with me, please? I should stand with me and pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Lord, there are people here in all kinds of hurt. And Lord, there are people here that are unsure whether you love them.
And Lord, I'm praying for breakthrough. That that person that is tentative in coming to you, Lord, Lord, that that, that that timidity, that that fear would go away and that they would confidently and boldly say, Lord Jesus, let me take your hand. I need what you offer. Lord, there, there are those in this room that are trusting in their own power. And Lord Jesus, I pray right now, if there's someone that's doing that, Lord, that they would understand that your power is so great, so much more powerful, so much more significant, and that you can do in your hands what we could never do in a thousand lifetimes. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to embrace you. Help us to take your hand and follow you so that where you go, we will go. And Lord, lead us into eternity. Lead us to fullness. Lead us to blessing. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. I don't know what God may be saying to you. But I do know this. He's active and he loves you. And he's reaching out his hands to you. And you can choose to respond or not. I pray if you've never responded to him before, that this is the day you say, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to reach out and take your hand, Lord. I'm going to take an amazing journey that maybe you've never taken before. You take that amazing journey. You'll see how good and how powerful God is. I pray that you'll do that. I'll be here at the front if, if you want to pray about anything. The altar's open if there's something you want to bring before him. If you want to take a step of faith and, and declare that you're following the Lord in and, and baptism, we'll have counselors over here. Whatever God's calling you to do. But the most important thing is realize that God still has hands. Those hands are active and they're coming from a loving God who wants the very best for you. If God's calling you, you come. You come.
darkness your truth lies A beautiful spark in this heart and soul Be still and know That my fears go Here in your presence difference in this community. Send us out in your power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.